Welcome to Business Prowess with Rafael and Juanita. Our show will bring you the best insights, ideas, and inspiration from successful entrepreneurs and CEOs in the business world. We'll talk to experts and business leaders. Don't miss out on the opportunity to learn from the best and stay ahead of the game. Sifu Rafael is the founder of five unique shows. He's a fitness professional, solutions expert, executive coach, and head instructor at Max Martial Arts and Fitness in New York. Juanita Cap is a public speaker who was in the ministry for 15 years. She has extensive knowledge of various topics such as leadership and communication and has emceed many executive and academic events. Juanita is the founder of two unique shows. Her life motto is never give up. Juanita, how are you today? Hi, Sifu. I'm doing so well. Thank you. It's so wonderful to see you. Always. Always a pleasure to see you, my friend. So today we're going to talk about how to leverage your creativity. Yes. We had a guest who was supposed to be on. Yeah. So he must be leveraging his creativity somewhere else. Yes. Possibly. So... And that's okay because you and I, we can talk for hours and hours and hours and hours on end. So let's go ahead and and, and talk about, that's a really good topic. I I like the topic because everybody is creative. Mm -hmm. What happens is a lot of people don't allow themselves because of shame, of guilt, Mm -hmm. of fear, all these different things. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share a story on on that. So my son is really gifted, a great artist. And he draws like lifelike and everything. So he's really, really gifted. And it's because he's always seen me draw. I do murals. I do all kinds of stuff. And I do all different mediums, whether it's art, you know, pencil, pencil. canvas or airbrush or anything and he so he picked up on that my younger son tried to draw and he wasn't as good Mm. and so immediately he felt that he was not good enough to even do a a stick figure so i said to him i said you got to do it he would get so upset And I kept pushing on him, pushing on him. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, look at Picasso. Not everybody likes his paintings because they're weird. But it doesn't matter. It's just about you expressing who you are. Whatever whatever comes to your mind, just draw it. And I would have, I would give them finger painting. I would do all kinds of different fun stuff. And he would still not do it. And then one day on his own, he started to draw. He started to draw. I would, I would give him even sidewalk chalk, and we go outside and draw on the, on, the, on the street and everything. And one day he started to draw, and then he finally showed me a drawing. And he goes, Dad, what do you think? And I said, wow, that's really good. And it was really good. But had he not allowed his creativity to come out, he would never have known that it was in him. Because his first attempts were not good. Yeah. You know, so leveraging your creativity, what do we do with it? 
Absolutely. And I believe that I stood uh, with you in front of your amazing mural, one of those in your dojo in New York. And we had a beautiful photo together. Mm. Uh, and that was absolutely an exceptional drawing as well. And I, I agree with you, uh, Sifu. You know, we, I think we place too much focus on what other people will think of us. And sometimes because we overthink, uh, we already assume uh, you know, their their feedback is going to be negative. But that doesn't have to be the case. Uh, I will tell you what happened to me in the ministry. I love Christmas shows. I love Christmas plays. And when I took this con congregation in 2016, I told them we are going to have a Christmas play with the younger youth and the youth this year. But mm. we're not just going to do a nativity play. We're going to do a musical. And at first, everybody said, no, but, you know, what if we don't do the dance move right? Or what if, you know, it's a, it's a flop? What if it doesn't work and people don't like it? See, for every single, it became a tradition. Every single year that we did that show, the church was packed. And that gave us the opportunity to minister to people that were not only believers, but also as those that were still, you know, searching for God and the families. And the, so just taking that leap of faith and saying, you know what, I'm going to be proud of what I'm doing and what I'm accomplishing. Just taking that leap of faith, you might just get great feedback. And if you don't, like you said, not everybody likes Picasso's paintings and that's okay. Yeah. So guess what, Juanita? I see. Are you ready? We have our guest, Robbie. He actually, he I think he flew. He jetted. He came down the rope, down the ladder, up the chimney. And he is here with us now. Robbie, thank you so much for coming with us. How are you, my friend? Can't hear you. You're muted. Nope. Still. All right. While he plays around with his volume, he's still flying. <laughs> he's going to figure it out. Once once we can hear you, just say something and, and we'll, we'll catch on. So one of the things that if you think about creativity, right, we all have it in us. Just there happens to be some people who are truly, truly gifted yes. in the way they create, whether it's music art film dance dance yes. you know so many people say they're not gifted they, they don't have creativity but movement is creativity for me so anytime you move the way you walk listen there's some people who have funky walks right yeah. so, <laughs> think about the, the way we move the way we even speak could be creative Think about a, a, a lecturer or a speaker or a, a motivational speaker, even the way they orate, the, the way they speak yes. is creative, right? When they take you and they start a story and they take you into a journey. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Robbie, are you with us? Can't hear you. Meanwhile, if, if you look at Robbie's background, he's got all this um, instruments behind him, all this musical stuff, all this great stuff. Even, even some of the best people have audio problems. I'm just kidding, Rob. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> no, that's good. That's good, Ravi. <laughs> so, for coming to back, where you know, back to what you said about public speaking, you made a very, very important point, and mm -hmm. I would like to, you know, just piggyback on that and just add that uh, I agree with you completely because when that public speaker takes that stage and commands that room. Uh, you know, they are creating a space, they are holding space for people to develop personally and professionally. They mm -hmm. take us, like you said, on that journey. And that's creativity in itself as well. I don't think many people realize that. Yeah, it is true. Robbie? Test, test. Yay! Testing. And Robbie joined us. <laughs> one, two, one, two. <laughs> so where are you coming from, Robbie? I'm coming live from my recording studio here in Longmont, Colorado. Ah, very cool. Recording studio, and he had audio problems. So we always have to do a sound check, a video check, all these different things. So thank you for being with us today. Today, the topic we're talking about is how to leverage your creativity. And being that you have a sound studio, you know all about creativity. We'd love to hear some more. Absolutely. My pleasure. So tell us, tell us, tell us about creativity. How do you leverage it? Well, I think the first thing and the first step is to allow yourself truly to be in touch and be yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, I think a lot of us probably go through various phases of growing up and maturing, connecting with more of who we truly are in an authentic sense. So I think the root of creativity is allowing ourselves firstly to acknowledge ourselves for our true passion, who we are, right? So that that's the first step in my journey that I would suggest to anyone that's looking to go into a creative venture is don't be afraid. Don't put the labels that our parents or our workplaces or our communities or society in general want to pin on us. You know, I'm, 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 you know, a multifaceted human being. I serve God first, I hope, or at least the divine authority, right? The second I hope I serve is humanity. And then the third is that I hope that I humbly serve those around me, starting with my family, you know, and I'm a husband, I'm a father. Mm -hmm. So when I think of all that, you know, that's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. A lot of people put a lot on oneself to to serve those roles and to serve them well. And being an artist sometimes is in fact in conflict with that because as artists, you, you really want to kind of express, not have the bounds of time and, and budgets and uh, the Kronos world, you know, the Kronos world can put a lot of demand and pressure on us, especially in a Western society that we live in. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of pressure out there to serve, and, and to do certain things, hey, you know, you're successful if you drive this car, you're successful if you vacation at least once a year in somewhere nice, uh, you're successful if you wear certain clothes. So there are all these things, I think, as creatives, we really do get compressed quite a bit. And then adding to that all the toxic uh, mm -hmm. realities in our environment, you know, the, the, the pollen, the pollution, uh, the forest fires, like all these things that get exposed in our bodies that our bodies weren't really made to have to go through and endure. So I just say start by loving yourself, accepting yourself, and allowing yourself to be your authentic self first, regardless oh, of the rules that you serve and where you live and 
how you have to get by day to day. And that's the first good step, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, like I'm wearing a suit, but this suit does not define who I am. Yes. Without this suit, I'm still the same person. Right. I can be wearing, a, a, you know, a jumper. I could be wearing a military outfit. I could right. be wearing a scuba suit. It does not matter. So yeah. sometimes a lot of people judge people yes. based on what they're wearing, not who they are, the character. So when we talk about creativity, we're talking about your character, right? Because let's, let's even consider a Hollywood actor. In order for them to portray someone else, they have to become that person, which takes a lot of talent. Yes. Right? Because all of a sudden, and I've heard of, of actors and even actresses where no one is allowed to talk to them until the showtime because they're in that character. And somebody goes, if, if Robbie, if you're playing me and I go to your trailer and I go, hey, Robbie, you're like, who's Robbie? Who's I'm Raphael, right? So that's, that's the mentality that a lot of people are playing with where if I'm going to be creative, I got to get into a different state of mind. And I can only imagine musicians do the same thing right before they take the stage or before they, they get in front of the mic, that they're no longer have all these hangups, all these different things. They have a different persona that they're bringing forward. What are your, your thoughts on that? I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's it's very true. It's a very transformative thing to be an artist as a musician artist. You know, like, I don't know, some people, they just, they wing it, right? It's, that's good for some people, I suppose. And there's various levels of the, the, I guess, dedication one goes through for the art or for the performing of the art. And I'll say, like, I've worked with some amazing talent vocally. And I, I, what I've found, and it's been something that I wasn't expecting getting to this, is they go through a very anxiety-driven, apprehensive, am I good enough? I mean, these are people who are absolutely phenomenally talented. And, mm -hmm. and they go through this, almost like they're going into, like, a serious uh, boxing where they could literally die. It's that much of a trauma to them to prepare. For me, I do it a little differently. You know, I kind of joke around. I did the flappy uh, Phoenix wings earlier. I get really kind of loopy and I get goofy and I like, I'll kiss my wife 10 times on her forehead or something and go, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> and that's what I go through. I just release in that way. But there are ways that artists go through this kind of metamorphosis from, okay, I'm pedestrian, I'm here. I unloaded, I sound checked, I have my hair, makeup, my wardrobe, and all of a sudden you've got to go, all right, now it's game time. It's real. And you've got to get very serious about execution and you've got to know your stage positioning and you've got to know a little bit. If you're super talented, you're also concerned a little about your choreography to make sure that you're not turning your back to your audience on a drum riser or something like this. So you got to think through these things. You've got to know the material well mm. enough to also be able to visually execute. And that's where certain artists, you know, they stumble a little. They don't think about all of this. They think about, oh, I'm just playing, it's the music. Yeah, but people are also keenly in tune with your visual image. Mm. And how are you expressing that music? And are you authentically expressing and delivering? Like Dave Matthews is a great example. Mm. They're pretty much a 
non-choreographed, authentic live performance act. And they certainly have impeccable musicianship. And you can see it all over them. Every show, it's very consistently the same. You're going to get something that's a force to reckon with. And visually, it's because they know what they're doing. They know it inside and out. And it's, it's very different when you see some of the 80s rock bands where you go and it's like, they're kind of like they're, I mean, I hate to say this, but the truth is they're kind of like zombies. They're up there. They're <laughs> like, oh, I played this 10,000 times. Uh, I know the next song and I'm in a haze. There's a huge difference. And for us as Sonic Octane in my band, we almost take it almost like it's a religion because yeah. if you're really giving it to the Lord, right? And mm. you're honoring that music and that message in the music, you're going to bring it on all levels. And that's to yes. me like acting in that sense. And I've absolutely yeah. been around actors in Hollywood. I've met them. I've socialized with them. And some of them go through that process. You know, some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to add something to what you gentlemen have discussed. Uh, Sifu, you talked about subpersonas. That's the truth. Uh, you know, we do have subpersonas because we have different professional fields that we move in. And I'll use myself as a, an example. I'm not going to deliver a sermon the same way that I deliver a public speaking message, the same way that I deliver a kata or go into a form when I'm at the nationals, I go into that sub-performer, but before I can do that, and Robbie has been speaking about actors as well, I have to know who I am. So I know who I am, but I know who I am when I'm preaching that message and being the shepherd, or when I'm doing that public speaking event and I'm speaking to leaders who are thinking about leadership and development, or I'm performing for the judges, in the national so that's very very important and we have to know who we are and that also takes practice and it doesn't mean you are fake or that you're not yourself it means that you're taking on that role that you need to fulfill at that specific time and place mm-hmm. without a doubt you know i was talking to juanita before and this morning i did a a podcast based on showing up right and then so how do you show up and and if you know if I'm going to be performing, whether I'm doing a speech or I'm going to be helping somebody or I'm going even to uh, an event. How do I show up? Yeah. What gifts do I bring to that event? What gifts do I bring to my audience? Because as a musician, the minute you start playing an instrument, that's a gift. And you're bringing it to your audience. The minute you start acting in front of a camera, that's your gift. And that's what you bring it to your audience. So, Robbie, you talked about how well versed are you? How practiced are you? Or are you just winging it? And I believe that the best of the best don't wing it. No way. They don't <laughs> oh, wing my it. gosh. We had moments, though. I'll be honest. Our last performance in Los Angeles we hadn't performed due to COVID in nearly three years, two and a half mm. years plus. And we were in the studio in, in pre-production for two sessions, which to me, you know, I'm, I'm a cor- former corporate guy, so I'm meticulous. So I'm not a big fan of like, yeah, we know the songs, we know the composition, we know the arrangement, mm. let's just do it like that. Um, unfortunately, there are others in our band that are like, I got this, you know, we played this like 50 times, we're good. And I, I'm kind of like, man, that to me, that's winging it, yeah, right? Agreed. That's unacceptable. 
and it showed a little. I'll be honest. I think we may have performed about 80 to 85% of our potential. Mm. And we, we were able to film for a Netflix documentary being invited by a fellow band that was headlining the night. And fortunately, they filmed in 6K high depth using Blackmagic cameras. At the end of the day, we reviewed the footage recently. We finally had the footage back. And yes, you could see there were moments there. And, and I guess it's okay. You know, like what's really odd about the performance execution for us because we saw the vulnerability in ourselves, I assure you that we overanalyze things probably to a point that's unhealthy, frankly, um, <laughs> because we're very, very demanding on ourselves. Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, we were given a lot of positive feedback by those in the audience as though we were the best performance that night. And we really didn't see it that way in ourselves. Mm. <laughs> so I would just say the moral of that story humbly before your listeners is, do over prepare, you know, even mm. if it's not within a group context where you don't have that benefit at times, because logistics are difficult. Our bandmates, the former lineup was all over the country. So getting them into a rehearsal facility, even here in Longmont, was not only costly, it was very challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, but at least, per, you know, do the preparation on your own, you know, and center yourself around what you expect out of that performance on your own. And then maybe dialogue it in advance a little with the group. Sometimes that's how productions come together. It's not always the ideal. Right. Yeah, no. Without a doubt. So w when, when you're talking about a band like your band, now you're having different creativity minds, if you will, mm -hmm. and they all have to come into one sphere, right? One right. realm. And you right. all have to be in sync. So yes. that's a, a tougher challenge because let's let's even think about egos right egos sometimes play a part and when we can get rid of the egos then i think that probably your band will probably uh, i'm sure it is i'm sure it's an amazing band and we'd love to hear it sometime but when we think about how egos hurt creativity right yes. because when we allow ourselves to really just let go even when we're just, even when that new song is coming out, when maybe you guys wrote it and you're like, oh, let's explore it. Let's feel it. Let's, you know, even for actors who do ab-libbing, it's still that creativity that has to come out and you have to go through it even at that yeah. point. And you have to say, does it work? Right. You know? And, right. and I'm, 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 I'm curious, you know, how many comedians their family know all the jokes before <laughs> before they get on stage right if they're a good comedian and then the, who, their kids know their jokes their spouses their partners whoever probably know all their jokes and so when we think about that final delivery like you said you were only 85 yeah. percent everyone yeah, else sure. you guys were 110 percent why because they didn't see your faults. They saw the, the glory, the beautiful sound yeah. that you guys made. So it's we got to remember like that also, too. right? Yeah, they, they, tend to, they tend to convey it as we're impassioned and that, that it was almost like a, a musical wall, right? They see this as in a very impervious, monolithic experience from a receiver side, from an execution yeah. side, I assure you, like stage positioning, was a rusty, I assure you, uh, a couple transitions 
we're absolutely rusty. Mm. Um, not sounding egotistical and not pointing to blame, by the way, either, but just in technical terms, the vocal execution was impeccable given the circumstances. Our vocalist had an illness, and that, that was entirely understandable and supportable, by the way. We always try to support around that as best we can. Yet that was challenging for that person. So mm. when you think about those elements and, you know, you're going in good faith in front of an audience in Los Angeles at the top venue called the Whiskey at Go-Go, mm. off Sunset Boulevard, where music history was birthed and, and supported for nearly 70 years now, you mm. got to really bring in your best. And that, oh, that yeah. was the expectation we had on ourselves. Also, what's interesting with the ego is I think there was a good time here in our band, in, in the former lineup at least, for about two years, on and off, well, there was all this excitement. It was like, well, let me bring in this legacy song I wrote in this former project because I love this song. What do you think? And we'd get into some of that. Or it'd be, hey, we want to treat this song a certain way. Can we run through it this way a few times in pre-production rehearsal? Hey, check out this new pedal I bought. This thing sounds awesome, right? Um. And there's all that stuff. <clears throat> or when we bought a tour bus, right? This big 40-foot tour bus that we own and we get to drive it to new york and we think we're like actually it feels like as though we're rock stars because guess what you pull into a diesel truck stop and this is what the rock stars actually do they own a prevo class a frame forty thousand pound ton of steel rolling down a highway and all of a sudden we're thinking we're the cat's meow right and people are really actually asking us about hey you know are you Metallica? Because your bus <laughs> looks like you're Metallica. And I'm not kidding. Like you get receptions like that. And it's, mm. it's kind of weird because we're not. And, but all the same, there was ego in that. And then the reality sits in later, right? The reality is, well, the sound could always improve truthfully. And the reality is our playing, our discipline and rehearsal on our own, especially in my case, I'll raise my hand on that one and say, I think I tend to so many of the business facets of, supporting being an artist i tend not to you know truly perform on my own mm. to the benefit of the music at times and i think there's a lot of ego in that too i'm like hey if i'm successful with getting 30 million streams i'd rather tip the scale in that than have to worry about a solo being executed flawlessly like randy Rhodes, right mm -hmm. and i love Randy Rhodes. a lot of people do in the rock world but at the end of the day where are my priorities and is my ego getting in the way of supporting the band musically at times because I'm driven to that level of wanting to succeed in that realm versus mm -hmm. musically with the group contributing the way that, in fact, I should. So I think ego does play heavily. In, and then there's always the interpersonal ego stuff. As artists, I can promise you, and as men in our you know middle age, let's say, you take a glass jar and you fill it with, with uh, let's say, friendly little moths but you do this and that's the world coming at us going okay you've got to you know 80 percent of your time you're going to be traveling you know mm. and you'll be stuck on a, a bus with limited air conditioning for like <laughs> you know weeks at a time away from your families uh financially under duress at times uh under safety concerns at times so yeah it, it can be absolutely at times a little bit of an ego interpersonally going know how I stuck here for weeks with this dude that's worried about his t-shirt being missing on a bus I don't know where it is they gotta figure that stuff out and I hope they find it you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So there is some of that ego and you got to absolutely try to be aware of it first and try to, you know, rein it in because we're all living with one another at that point. You got to like pray and hope for good things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Prayer, prayer is an important aspect. <laughs> I wholly agree with that a million percent. Yeah. yeah. And you're a man of God and Juanita Cap uh, used to be in the ministry 15 years, Juanita? That's it, Sifu. Absolutely. Mm. Wow. 15 years of ministry and, uh, you know, worshiping and worship bands. And I'll tell you, ego is a big thing because we can look at the world and the music industry and you see many bands, you know, dissolving because of ego. And I've seen in church, I'd like to say that the first fight always starts in the worship team because the egos do tend to rise up, especially mm. when they become very skilled. Uh, right. With pre-productions, you know, whether I sing, uh, you know, uh, professionally or whether we sang in the worship team, pre-production was really for me about getting the team and the band to flow together so that if someone misses a riff or a chord or, a, or a, a, you know, a music change going up or down, we would be ready and they would be able to fall in. So all of these are very important. Ego, pre-production, putting that effort in and also building that relationship it's all about building that relationship to get that flow mm. you know Juanita I couldn't agree more and I'm grateful that you raised those points and I'll tell you I live approximately an hour and 15 minutes each way from my vocalist our drummers have been rotating in and out because they're unfortunately not very consistent human beings <laughs> <laughs> and all we're really trying to do if you if you follow the the mission of sonic octane Robbie Phoenix and the band Sonic Octane. It's basically all about serving our Lord. Like we have a song, Heaven Calling, that's about, unfortunately, a, a life true portrayal of a mother who passed early in her son's arms due to cancer. Mm. And, and so it's a beautiful song. It's rather uh, an orthodoxy in a rock genre because it, it is a very light treated E minor to A major seven progression that repeats. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. And it's it really is. Every time that we play this song, I do think of that mother. And, and, and it so happens we had another vocalist that had contributed initially as a demo singer for hire on that lyric that had the same unfortunate life situation. Mm. So it's really kind of a, a I felt a God moment to serve that song uh, with both vocalists who went through the experience directly. My wife said pre-cancer. I've had pre-cancer. Uh, we've had people around us that have had cancer and, and survived by God's grace. And, and so we have that song. We have another song, Salvation. And the song Salvation to us is all about, you know, the human experience and that there are moments in people's lives where they make very poor choices, where they may fall into the hands of the law, where they go through hopefully a process of introspection, acknowledgement, Humility before God, some contrition, hopefully some restorative healing. I'm not talking about justice. I'm actually talking about healing the soul, if that's a real thing for some, God willing. And then they go through a process beyond that restorative healing of how they serve better, right? So salvation is about the power of humanity to have compassion to those that fall on times that question their morality that question their reputations and their ability to make a living and ultimately to, to allow, to accept them back into your fold. Because some crimes are almost unforgivable, right? Mm. That are mortal, perhaps, are very difficult. 
And then there are various levels of sin, right, in any religion. So salvation is about the power of humanity to forgive, accept, and on the receiving end to heal, acknowledge, redeem, uh, you know, and, and try to go forward and for better. So we have these songs. They're, they're real things that we feel are universal elements in any religion that has a divine higher authority. And Sonic Octane is there to serve in that mission. And what we hope in that, we, we hope, you know, it's, we hope that we're unifying people a little bit more across mm. we see a lot of divide, candidly, in America. We've been seeing it now for four years. We've even spoken about it at national publicity summits. We speak about it in another song called The Reckoning. And at the end of the day, we're, we're just trying to unify people and say, hey, you know, slow down the world a little and realize it's okay. You don't have to have a polarized opinion on something that is addressing 1% of our population, essentially, and consume your media cycles and consume your passion at the dinner table with this nonsensical garble that means nothing. At the end of the day, you look back in five years from now, I don't think you're going to be so concerned about this issue because it's less than 1% of Americans, in fact, that have a direct, you know, interest in this issue. And so there are, there are a lot of things we, we talk about in the band and we wonder, how do we serve this a little better? So our song, The Reckoning, was the inflection point where I really amped up the band. So, you know, like my wife and I were upstairs in my living room. And to set a brief context, I was traveling between Los Angeles and Denver moonlighting in music while I was in a corporate job, mm. leading competitive intelligence for a Fortune 100 company. And it so happened, I was volunteering every so often at the, the, the invitation of a gentleman named Bob Golden and his wife, Betty Ann, to volunteer occasionally for the homeless in Las Vegas. Well, I'd made a few roots there, a few people that I cared for. And I was very fond of the city because it really embraced artists, oddly. Like you'd think Los Angeles was where you'd get a receptivity for that. The truth at the time to me was it was far more of an inculcated culture of good people in Las Vegas than it was in Los Angeles at the time. And then the massacre at the I Harvest Music Festival mm. happened with over 50 American souls being murdered by right. 50 caliber bullets raining down. So I was upstairs in my living room. I asked my wife, I said, honey, you know, I know I'm in this cushy corporate job, right? And, and I'm starting to create my music art again, get back into that world for a few years. Is there a possibility we can support a message in the music that can help and she said, absolutely. And I don't know if she really knew entirely what we were in for at the time, <laughs> truthfully. But I went a little crazy, let's say. And I, I produced and planned for several months a once-in-a-lifetime venture for six continuous days. I hired a crew of 18 people and covered all the costs. And we flew into Los Angeles, or excuse me, Las Vegas. We flew into Las Vegas, stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel, of course, at the time. And we filmed We had a permit to film in partnership with Live Nation, the House of Blues exclusive VIP foundation room, literally feet from where Stephen Paddock had uh, unfortunately was using bump stocks to murder those Americans. And we filmed all around that property. And we were we were in the music video, The Reckoning, which is the name of the song that we entitled to this this body of work. We're just asking the questions around what are the underpinnings of violence in America yeah. now have been murdered, right? But there are other forms of violence. There's bullying, you know, there's all kinds of violence. So 
we ask those questions in the music. And again, that's a third, like a trifecta in the, the lineup of music that we've created to ask those questions and as artists to legitimately bring that forward to help and, and to, to quit dividing. You know, Big Pharma has quite a pernicious uh, tentacle in our culture. And this is part of our music, believe it or not. Mm. There's a lyric in there about dad, mom, did you know you built the bomb? And it, we're not talking about a literal bomb in the lyric. We're actually asking the question around right in here in the soul, right? In the mm. heart, the matter, did you build, did you know you built the bomb in me, right? Mm. I was weaponized because I was hollowing myself out to take pharma drugs and stick in the corner as a convenience while you were busy providing for our home, right? Mm. There's kind of a hollowed out dimension in some American homes where it's a convenience thing. If you, it's like, hey, you've got ADHD or you've got like some disorder, just here, take this SSRI black box drug and go figure it out. And it hollows out the very existence of our youth, right? So, and we've it had the experience of that in our band. So the reckoning, the song that Sonic Octane, my band put forward in that work, we invested, by the way, my home invested $50,000 in this content. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was a very serious production. We're really asking those questions and we're hoping and praying that it has a multiplicity of benefit effect on those that are listening, understanding. Yes, it sounds like rock, you know, and it does sound very hot, like musically, but yeah. we're really asking a tough question for all of us, including ourselves. You know, mm -hmm. like we've had challenges in my home with raising our eldest son. There was a time where we were advised to provide him an SSRI drug for a very brief period of time while he had a 104 degree fever that led to him being suicidal briefly, having the ideation of that. And it was frightening to us. So it definitely sounds Robbie, like what you have done is leverage. And we're talking today about how to leverage your creativity. You've leveraged mm -hmm. your creativity to get a message across when you talk about mm. the massacre in las vegas when you talk about big pharma so you are definitely using your gifts and your band's mm. gifts the creativity that you all have in order to get a message across and the fact that you spoke to your wife and said to her uh, is it okay if we do this? And you, you said she didn't even know what she was getting into. When we think about what you have done, you have totally leveraged the creativity. Not only you've asked of yourself to do it, but you've also asked of your band members and mm -hmm. you asked for permission from mm -hmm. your family. So a lot of times when, when we are getting into leveraging our own creativity sometimes we need the assistance of other people in order to truly leverage it Juanita I'm curious because you, you're such a, a great public speaker you're traveling all over the world literally Thanks. one day you're visiting me in New York then you're in Seattle then you're you're back <laughs> in Germany then you're, you're in South Africa you are literally all over the world how are you leveraging your creativity when you're sometimes away even from your family like Robbie talked about he's he's weeks on end not seeing his family because he's out there leveraging his creativity 
to get this incredible message that he's working on. So how do you do it as well, Juanita? Thank you, Sifu, for that uh, question. That's an impeccable question. I, I first, before I, I leverage my creativity here at home in South Africa, uh, what we call home for now, and I had to sit down with my children and uh, you know, say before I started Meticulous Moments, this is what it's going to entail and this is what you know how it's going to affect you. So I put systems and structures in place and I also asked them permission because their lives are very important to me, their happiness. And luckily, they are ages 12, uh, 20 and 11. So they are at a good age that they, you know, they like their free space and they, they caught the vision. But when I go overseas, if, when I travel, I always leverage my creativity by speaking to people and by being myself. You know, I'm the same in South Africa that I'm in uh, when I go to Frankfurt or when I am in St. Louis, wherever I go. And I do it passionately so because I'm a believer and I believe God loves people and I love people too. So what I do is in the in the wink of a moment, in that moment, the Holy Spirit will speak to me and I'll strike up a conversation with someone and something beautiful will arise from that. And I love being that vessel. I love being the vessel uh, of God, going to places, meeting people, whether it's through public speaking, whether it's through song, whether it's through, you know, the martial arts or training in your dojo was absolutely phenomenal. I really make sure that God guides me to be at the right place at the right time with the right people so that together we can form something magical. And that's when the synchronicities come into place and beautiful things transpire. So I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, Sifu. Yeah, no problem. You know, one of the things that, that I always consider every morning is how am I going to make an impact in the world? What yeah. How am I going to be creative? Somebody said to me, because I have one of my shows, it's, it's every day. I do Monday through Friday. And they're like, and, and today was episode 135 on that particular show. And they're like, how on earth do you come up with subjects? How do you? I said, well, believe it or not, there's a billion things I can talk about. I said, I have to actually, I, I pray upon them. Yeah. And I ask what is the message that I need to deliver today? Yeah. How does that help the people who may listen to me? And the yeah. same thing when I do my workouts, I do my own personal workouts, but I do a five minute workout for everyone. And I put it on social media. The reason I do it is to empower other people. And so when somebody says to me, how do you come up with all these different workouts? I said, I Amen. He's given me the gift. He and people like, what are you doing tomorrow? I'll say, well, I'm going to sleep on it all. Tomorrow's workout is going to be different than today's workout because <laughs> I am listening. I'm listening I'm... to what is it that I need to do today? How creative can I be in my workouts? How creative can I be in my conversations? How creative can I be just to? make an impact. So that's that's one way I leverage my my being, me. Right? My my creativity. You know, I, I love to draw, I love to do different things. And Robbie, believe it or not, I, I missed this opportunity, but I'm not gonna let it pass me by. I've always wanted to play a guitar. So for my birthday I say I want a guitar. Guess awesome. what? Nobody listened. Nobody bought me a guitar. 
And I was oh. like, maybe somebody who listens, they go, here's a guitar. So I'm like, mm, okay, guess what? I'm going to have to buy myself a guitar. <laughs> so well, I'm going to get myself a guitar and I'm going to learn to play it. And I'm, I'm actually looking. So I, I am, I, I, you have all the equipment. I can tell. <laughs> You'd be surprised what I get involved with sometimes with friends. So Sifu officially, if you'd like, I'd be more than honored to loan you a guitar for a long period of time, multiple months, if you'd like. What? And you can choose a guitar here in the studio if you'd like to loan. And that I do this all the time. He's I a finger. Yeah, yeah, and I donate too. I do that regularly. So uh, this is a custom Paul Reed Smith Custom 24. It's a beautiful piece of art meets music. It's, a, it's basically a 24 fret electric guitar. Mm. We've got, uh, well, here's another one over here. It's a BC Rich. This is called a Mockingbird style body, and it's beautiful. It's got quilted maple for a top. Wow. And uh, she's gorgeous. And that's that's uh, another uh, inspired instrument. This one here, if you like the band Rush, I don't mm. know if you know that rock band, but uh, this is Alex Lifeson's custom signature Les Paul. Oh, my, oh my goodness. That's the first guitar I owned. And then uh, – <laughs> We've got another one over here for you too. It's a Gibson standard Les Paul. This is a 1979. Wow. And it's in absolutely impeccable condition. It's it's probably 80, 90% easily where it started when it was born because it's all original. And That's incredible. Uh, you know, if you ever want to borrow an axe, okay. Oh, come on. You know, now now you know yeah, I got the bug now. Now uh, yes. But I'm not gonna I can't choose. So I'm gonna let you. I'll send you my my address. I'm gonna let you send me the one you think I should try. Absolutely, I will. Okay. All, all I ask is return her in kind when you're done. That's all. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I'll well, say, I'll go buy my own, right? But that'll be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're beautiful pieces of, of of you know. It's always interesting the connection of your your instrument to your inspiration, and I assure you, you may find something special in these. I've been. Uh, Kind of the, had the privilege of collecting for years, and these these didn't come easy. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yet all the same, you know, it's a privilege to to help others. That's that's what I see when I wake up every day. I ask God similarly. I'm like, in any small way, is there some way I I can serve? And how do you want me to serve you today? Because I don't always know going into that day exactly what His will is, but I hope that I can discern it, and then I have the providence to to follow that too. So yeah. I mean, beautiful. I mean, hey, you know, we, we are wrapping it up, but I, I want to let everybody listening right now know that Robbie and I are going to he's going to be on coaching call next week and we're going to get deep into who he is and how he became the amazing person he is. So please tune in to coaching call next week. Robbie, my gosh, always a pleasure. You, we've had some, a few conversations. I can't wait to go deep next week with you my friend it's gonna be a blast so. absolutely Juanita it's an honor and pleasure to work with you and to, to know you and I hope that you would, would keep in touch with me through my music and through anything I can support you in your life journey as well I'd be honored to do that oh thank you thank you Robbie you're an amazing uh, guest here on Business Pro Sifu and I really appreciate you you're welcome to join me on Meticulous Moments. We can talk about music and singing and bands and spirituality. And uh, thank you so much for letting us go into a wonderfully guided session, I'd say. I really felt like the Lord was guiding the session. So, us to both of you. Yes, yes. Beautiful. 
guys. And Juanita, I'll send you Robbie's email so that you guys can connect. And you, uh, Robbie, you have to go on her show as well. So I'd be honored. Yeah. You guys have yourself an exceptional Friday. And remember, don't have a weekend. Have a strong end, people. Nice. Love end. it. All right, you guys. God bless. Good be well. Bye-bye.